Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we try not to break down as we discuss our sixth loss on the bounce. We try and figure out where to from here. We answer your questions and we look ahead to our trip to Geelong. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Phil and Mitch. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm a guest this week. Jimmy, it's... um. Great to have you in the studio, mate. Always a pleasure, but it's weird being in the driver's seat with you next to me. I, I came down for uh, just to bring the gear down and set it up, and, I, and I've ended up recording. So <laughs> It's a pleasure. And we have a, uh, a debut appearance in Attack for uh, for Mitch Garling today. Hey, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, yeah. Excited to see where we go with it. Downhill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we rip the Band-Aid off and just get straight into it with our game? Yeah, well, Fred's question. It's up to you. I don't really care. Well, what's Fred's question this week? Uh, well, he hasn't put it in, so... So we've got no Fred's question. Thanks, Fred. Disappointment, dog. <laughs> Straight into our game. Uh, another loss, six on the bounce now. Sydney, three, Mariners, nil. Defensive error from uh, from Lewis Miller, sort of bit caught on his heels there and gifted Ninkovic a chance to, um, to score the opener. Disallowed goal for Stensness on the stroke of half-time. Kim from an offside position blocking Wilkinson's run. Had a late flurry of chances, but um, two late goals to uh, Marco Tilio and Harry Vandersag as we chased the game sort of sealed the result for for Sydney there. I think, boys, I don't know about you, but I think the scoreline really flattered them. Yeah, well and truly, personally, I uh, definitely think we were in in with a like I thought it was we were in with a really good shot. Um, you know, going into the half only being one nil down, uh, very unlucky with the the offside goal, uh, blocking goal, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought it could have been a chance. Could have been a chance to take some points. Yeah, like oh, this is another game where you know we've been chasing the draw and we've just been caught out with a late goal. Like, we did it against Adelaide. We've done it against Sydney. Mm. I didn't see the last two goals. I was actually walking my family out. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of knew it was gone though. Um, yeah, we were in it all the way up until uh, those late two goals, but. Just another one, gone begging. Another frustrating one. Yeah, and as you said, you know, the the ball bounced up and bounced off Miller, unfortunately, and it's just sat up perfectly. Well, not perfectly. But it's a good finish still, but um, he's put it away. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a bit tough on Miller. Maybe the ball was whipped in with a with a fair bit of pace. Um, he looked a little bit slow to react initially. Um, All he had to do was stand on his heels. <laughs> Would have gone past him. But, oh well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the? The disallowed goal, though. I know Stadge made his feelings known at halftime, and um, we, we saw him in the tunnel um, remonstrating, I guess, with the, with the officials there. Um, and I think, as well, I think it's his, fair. Yeah. Yeah. The that it was given offside. Yeah, because the, the ruling of VAR is it's there to overturn an incorrect decision. So the original decision on the field was to give a goal. And then he spoke to the linesman who said he was offside and interfering. So that stands as the on-field decision, and then VAR couldn't overturn that. So it's not clear and obvious. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like to think of it from, from the perspective of if it was the other way around, if we were defending, would I be pissed off mm. if that goal was given? Mm. And I probably would be. Uh, but you know what? It probably would be given. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, truly, please. Yeah, yeah don't be silly. But uh, no, I, 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 was, uh, I was victim of a blocking Myself, back in the day, I, uh, I, I did some blocking uh, on a guy trying to get to a ball in one of our grand finals a couple of years back, and uh, one of my mates headed it in, goal was called off, so, mm. you know, look, it's, it's close to my heart, <laughs> the blocking, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I probably, yeah, kind of agree, it's, uh, we're probably unlucky in some instances, but yeah, 
probably no goal. So I know Stage made his feelings known in the post-half-time interview as well. He, he said uh, that he hadn't seen a blocker called offside all season in the A-League. So it's probably true. As long as they do that for the next 100 games, we'll be fine. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like We're here to... It's fine to say, you know, that goal was rightly disallowed, but as long as it's consistent across, mm. the, um, across the league, which it isn't. Mm. Um, from what, what, what I've seen at the league this year, I haven't been able to watch as much, but... Um, just inconsistency between games and between teams and between referees is just yeah. shocking. You can see why Stadge, other coaches, etc., mm. get upset. Yeah. Like, mm. uh, it makes perfect sense. Mm. Another man of the match performance from Josh Nisbet as well. Good to see him getting consistent game time at the moment. I think his, his presence in midfield, his positivity, um, always looking to play the ball forward, is... Um, well, when we've got some players that are, tra- I know what you're saying. Yeah. When we've got some, tra- when we've got some players that are traffic cones and just get run past, mm. and you see Nizzy out there making the tackles that others aren't, mm. he stands out. That's it. It's a Head real and shoulders above the rest. Everything's a real David Goliath <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> going on, and I love it. I love it. His um, his passing accuracy as well is very impressive. Eighty-seven percent this week from um, from forty-five attempted passes. Um, second to Chris Harold, who actually finished the game with a hundred percent passing accuracy. I'm really yeah. liking Harold. Yeah, same. Mm. Yep. I, uh, I thought there was a lot of... I mean, if you look at the stats, like there was a lot of negativity when we signed him. And there, I personally didn't think there needed to be. Like, mm. you know, he's a primarily a winger. Yep. Like, and, you know, he was always... I think I'm coming from the perspective, I'm sure you guys are exactly the same, of he seemed to just always score against us, like when he was playing for Perth. So I've always got him in my head as like a danger man. So when we... When we signed him, I was quietly happy. So to have 100% passing accuracy, and he uh, obviously smashed that goal in the first game, mm. um, delightful. Yeah, it wasn't a bad way to make mark, his, uh, mark his debut a couple of weeks ago against Newcastle, unfortunately. Didn't get the result there either. Mm. But um, We just have the same problem going forward, don't we? Like just mm. Around the 18-yard box, there's so many chances, Just not just one player, but any number of players could have just hit it. Mm. Just not pulling and the trigger. For various reasons, you know, some players just don't seem to have the power in their legs to be able to hit it from that distance, which is unusual considering they train how many times a week. Mm. Um, other players, instead of taking the shot, would decide to cut it back or pass it or play it out wide for another cross in. Um, and when they've got um, centre-backs of quality of uh, Wilkinson, they're just going to clear the ball every single time. Yep. So we yep. didn't get close to having it. Well, I think we might have had one or two headers mm. that were, you know relatively dangerous but the majority of them were just cleared now do you think that's a confidence thing from some of the players or do you think there's actually a directive from Stadge to to try and work it into the box a bit more I think it's both knowing I don't know how Daniel De Silva got player of the match and got in the match of the team (laughs) Um, but when he's on the edge of the 18 I know at the start of the season he was shooting and he scored from the edge of the 18 against uh, Perth Perth, wasn't Mm -hmm. it yeah and even that goal didn't have too much power in it but I've seen him try and shoot from that distance since, and he just dribbles to the keeper. So I think maybe him, it's a lack of confidence, but I think others, it is maybe a directive. Mm. I think, uh, or personally, I think uh, having someone like Milan in the team, like I know personally, if you know, if I'm playing with you, Pete, and you start, you start pinging them from however far out, my confidence is going to go through the roof as well to be like, well, I'm going to have a shot too. Mm. You know what I mean? So if we don't have... I know, was it the last two weeks that Milan hasn't started? Yep. Yeah, yeah he's had a bit of a hernia like, yeah. problem. Yeah. Okay, okay, no good. But, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, personally, I think like from the players around, I know 
that I would get crazy good confidence from someone else trying to ping a shot in. Um, so possibly it's just not having that, I guess, quality or something around you that you feel, I guess, confident enough in it. But yeah, it's uh, I'd love I'd love to see some shots. God damn, like it'll be good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was only, I wasn't angry with the result. I wasn't angry with the with the game. Um, the only reason I left early because I had Tom. Mm. But um, it was just frustrating, I guess, with the lack of shots. That's probably my overbearing uh, feeling of the match. Mm. It was just frustration. So just having a look at the, the stats here, we actually had the same amount of shots as Sydney. We, we mind you, half of, half of the amount of those are on target. So we had nine <laughs> shots, um, two on target, and um, four off target with the rest of them blocked. Um, whereas Sydney had nine shots, four on target, three of them resulting in goals. So, um, well, you yeah. don't score the shots you don't take. Exactly, you miss one hundred percent of the shots <laughs> you don't take. <laughs> so, yeah, just another frustrating one to to put in the bank, really. Yeah, I, I I know the defenders are quite good. You know, you need to get that extra yard or two to have a decent shot from that range. Otherwise, the defender is going to stick a leg in the way. Mm. I think we have the quality to do that. I know DDS can move the ball around quite a bit. He he looks for the ball. He looks for players to pass it off to. And a lot of the time, the players aren't moving for him. So maybe just have a shot. And, you know, next time the defender's going to think, well, he's going to have a shot here. Mm, might stick his leg out yep. or dive in, like you said, which might then give him the extra yard to find a pass or something. Or like take, it, take it around him because yeah. he's got the quality to do mm. that. And we've seen him do it time and time again. But oh, truly. Mix it up, mm. mix it up. But that's, that's that was my main frustration. We weren't shooting, we weren't mixing it up. Okay, play the ball every now and then, but you know, just whack one for fuck's sake. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of you're not wrong about the just pushing it wide. Like the amount of times that I feel like I saw Jack Clisby put a cross in. Mm. Like if I see him put one in this weekend, I'll get PTSD. Like it'll <laughs> the floaters as well. It'll it'll upset. Yeah, well, they're Good not back post. Yeah. Mm. Like, Whereas you look at. I'm trying to think of there was a possibly even in the Premier League this morning. I think there was like there was some some beautiful crosses coming in, like obviously levels, very different <laughs> levels. But when you're looking at you know Alexander Arnold or something for Liverpool putting like putting it on a dime, mm. and then you're watching your team you know hit it, and it literally hits the I don't know hits the Villiers pie sign on the <laughs> side, and you're like ah oh, all right fair enough. Well, even the even the cross that came in for the first goal um, was just whipped in with you know great shape, a bit of pace to it, and you know you see what happens there. You, you make the defender make a decision, mm. um, and in this case, you know it was it was the wrong call, but potentially, and you know ended up in a goal. So, yeah, um, well, yeah, we've been doing it for years though. Yeah. It seems the hoover we've got out wide just floats the ball in, and then it's either a, either an easy catch for the goalkeeper or it goes to. You know the backside of the eighteen yard box, which mm. is just cleared out, or easily cleared out by one of the opposition's six yeah. foot five centre backs. So, yeah. so whip it in, get it around the. I talk, talk as much back as I want. That was a good ball uh, from <laughs> uh, from Clisby for the for the not goal. Yeah, um, but either way, um, yeah, killer. Speaking of defenders, another very strong performance from uh, Ruan Tongic, who is really staking a claim to um, to keep his spot when when Kai comes back from injury. I agree, a top performance, mm. apart from a couple of times where he got caught in the ball, but that's not necessarily his fault. Again, it's players um, not looking for the ball. Being shy, not giving him an option. Sydney did press well, so he did get caught out there, but that's the only time I could probably ding him. But yeah, excellent performance apart from that. Yeah. 96% passing accuracy and winning 7 out of his 11 attempted duels as well. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's not bad. Good. Not afraid to come forward either. 
which I like. I love a marauding run from yes, centre back. I agree. Yeah, it's um, it's quite it's quite nice. It um, opens the game up. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. gives that extra person up top, and then yeah, it's uh, yeah. Just uh, as long as you don't lose it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're right, mate. You're right. Um, yeah, there was a couple of couple of moments where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bretton Speed was the commentator on the weekend yep. from memory. Mm-hmm. That he was just he seemed a bit. He was like, oh, Tongi's off again. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, he is. Yeah, Good. he is. <laughs> let, let him go. Let him gallop. I remember. I think it was Topper Stanley playing for Jets about five years ago was mm. doing that same thing. When he still had the legs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is he kept getting caught out and, and they ended up conceding three. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that's it's yeah, you gotta you gotta track you gotta have that fitness. But yeah, I'd love to see Topper Stanley go for a run now. And then just <laughs> get get held I up there. It was Topper, it might have been someone else. It was Yeah, I, see, I seem to back. I seem to remember Center Topper back. doing it as well. Um, and one final thing, Michael McGlinchey continuing his, do I say renaissance? Do I dare say it? Um, in the centre of midfield there, second start in a row. I thought it was a decent performance from the Kiwi. He's uh, playing for a contract, isn't he? <laughs> it is contract <laughs> season. <laughs> we'll leave that uh, one. Yeah, he can, he can go 45. <laughs> oh, yeah. He can't sign him off to 45-minute performances. Yeah. I, I have a... Very sort of special spot for the Glinch, like from from way back. <laughs> the Glinch, yeah, the Glinch, the Glinch. I made a sign one year when we played at uh, when we played at Allianz. The Glinch who stole Christmas. It was two days. <laughs> it was, it was two I days. That. Yeah, it was two days before Christmas at, I at Allianz or whatever it's called then SFS. Can't remember, but I miss that stadium. But uh, yeah, I know. I actually great memories of that mm. that grand final. It's very sad knowing that it's not there anymore. But. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very soft spot for Glinch back in the day. I'm pretty sure CCM fans, my profile picture was a picture of the Glinch for a really long time. Um, obviously, things didn't end too well last time, but, you know, hopefully hopefully something happens. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more... Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some more quality, some more 45s. I'll take it. You know, if he wants to sign a, a cheap contract, then keep him, but either way. Yeah, based on the last two performances, I'm with you on that, I think. All right, touching on some other Central Coast Mariners-related news. Uh, first and foremost, the Yellow Army have organised a Football for Fires Day at Soccer 5. So this will be on the 29th of March, the day after the next F3 derby at home. Uh, $250 per team registration, and it is a five-a-side competition. Um, you can have up to eight players registered in your team. All proceeds going directly to uh, fire-affected regions and uh, and those who need it most. So make sure you head over to uh, tugra.soccerfives.com uh, forward slash Yellow Army Cup to register your team. I was going to put in a pod team, but... I'm injured. You're injured. <laughs> I'm, injured. <laughs> I'm just useless. That's been so, my excuse for the last five years. I'm carrying a bit of a knock gaffer. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see a pod team. We'll see a yellow army team though, surely. Mm. Yeah, I might, uh, I might throw the text out and try and uh, rekindle the love from the early soccer five days yeah, from when it. I still lived on the coast. Yeah, I remember playing against you a few times. Back in the day. Yeah. SMFC, Swagger, Swagger Merchants Football oh, Club. Oh, I would have played against <laughs> you. SMFC, that's it. Yellow Used army had a team for eight. Yeah, I think we were f- maybe like the first three or three or so years of, of playing at soccer fives, and mm. then oh, most of them still do, but I I don't because I live not here. But um, so I can't justify driving up the M1 every every, every night yeah, for, no. or whatever. But uh, 
Yeah. Oh man, sounds good. Oh man, I miss soccer fives. I'm I'm coming back. It's a good venue. I'm yeah, doing definitely. It. I'm so there will it. be men's and mixed teams uh, available in that. There. There'll also be a Central Coast Mariners Legends against Newcastle Jets uh, Legends uh, game <laughs> being played uh, that Legends? day. So <laughs> that'll be a, a seven aside game. Um, there are some yeah pretty special players locked in for that one. So yeah, make sure you get down there. Even if you don't put in a team, um, get down there for uh, what should be a really cracking day. Pink round is coming up as well for the next home game uh, against Wellington Phoenix on the, the 8th of March. It is Sunday, round 22. Kits are going for $109.95, I believe. 10% of those will be going to the Cancer Council. Uh, we'll also be auctioning off some other special items. I uh, have heard whispers that Jordan Murray has a signed pair of boots going up for auction, um, as well as some other pretty special events, Dylan Ruiz-Diaz and a couple of others holding coaching clinics, um, with some of those funds going to uh, to assist the Gumprecht family as well. Some other things we saw during the week. Um, recently, there was an article in the Sydney Morning Herald from Don Bossy uh, regarding the rejigged salary cap. So uh, the gist of that was... Visa players will uh, potentially no longer be included or count towards the salary cap and there would be potential for clubs, for example, Central Coast Mariners, to sell their visa spots to other teams. Thoughts? Yeah, wow. That's, uh, I, I had heard the, the idea of the visa players not counting towards the cap, but I had not heard the potential for clubs to sell their visa spots. That is crazy. That seems insane to me. Now, the club have stated that um, if we do end up selling one of these visa spots, that the money would go into, uh, you know, the rest of the squad. And so instead of having 150k on one visa spot, they would put that extra 150 to another visa spot. So, but, you know, the cynic in me sees a club that has spent the floor for five years. I... I, I just can't see money that we make from selling that spot going into the squad. Mm. Just because mm. the money we have now for the squad goes into other things. We don't even spend the whole... The, the money we get for the squad. We yep. don't spend it on the squad. Yep. So why, why should I believe that the club will put that money for the squad into the squad? Yeah, I think if this was to take place and, and you know it is sort of rumours and hearsay at the moment um, but if this is something that is you know going to be in the I guess independent A-League um, participation agreement then there needs to be some sort of guarantee as part of that um, that any money from any money generated from selling of visa spots would be directed directly back into the playing squad um, rather than going yeah. into, say, the back room or infrastructure or anything like if that. If that is the case, then, you know, I can sort of get on board with it. I can understand it. Uh, we are speaking off, off mic about, you know, NBA teams will sell their, their draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll trade draft picks or whatever. So it's sort of something similar to that. So I get that side of things. It's just the issue of being a cynic <laughs> of this guy. Yeah, that's, that's my... Biggest problem is the, is the cynic in me that's watched, you know, underperforming for so many years and, you know, you're hearing, you know, not so much for a while, but, you know, players not getting paid and this and that and all these sort of things that really stick with you to then hear, you know, that we can sell a, a mm. visa spot when really, you know, it's, I'm actually genuinely quite surprised that we filled the visa spots this year. 
Mm. Like it was actually quite a, I was like, oh, like we've got five. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I guess it's, uh, look, it's, yeah, the NBA and stuff, that's a, a good example. But uh, yeah, A-League, I don't think we're anywhere near the NBA to even be. No, not even close. <laughs> to be even be talking no, but about the, but the idea of. Of course. Of, of course. Trading something other than a player yeah. or cash. It makes sense. It does. It's, uh, yeah, you're right. Just the cynic takes over. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it sort of leads to, towards mixed messages in, in some senses as well, because we've heard from Anton last week on the podcast who said that one of the key things that he wanted to be more heavily involved with was smarter recruitment of the visa players. Um, and then when this sort of thing comes out, it's, um, yeah, like I said, it, it leads towards mixed messages and, and just sort of confuses the issue, but um, also <laughs> creates a bit of panic and alarm amongst Mariners fans. Um who you know we've we've been starved of success due to I guess not yeah, even yeah. just success a oh, yeah. couple of W's here and there <laughs> <laughs> we're not asking much are we success is um not asking that's for the end of the rainbow that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't want finals every year it's okay just every other year yeah that's yeah. what I'm asking it's an extra fixture here mm. and there just a year at this point would be good yeah. Another thing that came up in conversation with with a few of us during the week was the club participation agreement. Now, I know that in the last club participation agreement, and I'm not sure if this is still valid under the new independent A-League, but three uh, bottom place finishes in a row affected a clause in that for review. So basically issuing the club with a show cause notice as to why they should be in the league if they finish bottom three years in a row. As I said, I don't know if that CPA is still in force with the new independent A-League, but... Um, if it does, it's a bit of cause for concern, I think. Well, it's the CPA that managed to get rid of Gold Coast. That's right, yep. yep. Um, I suppose it's up to the league whether they want to enforce the removal of a club after the review. What does that say? It's only a review, doesn't it's it? It's only a review, that's right, yep. Yeah, so, well, it's up to the league, I guess, if and when we get to that. Cross that bridge when we come to it, um, huh? Well, three, <laughs> three spoons in a row is not good. <laughs> Um, I'd be pretty pissed off if I was part of a league that didn't have relegation and the same team just kept fielding a wooden spoon t- team every year. Yeah. yeah, I guess the other side of that is the um, the Premier League teams, like uh, MPL teams that you know feel that they deserve a shot or whatever. Like you see a lot of these teams that come through the FFA Cup, mm. and you know it's could they be doing a better job than a team that has three wooden spoons in a row? Well, Maybe no, not. I, don't, I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. To be Probably not. But, you know, it's uh it's the it's just the potential like uh, when you get if you get a, if we get a third spoon in a row, there's always going to be the chatter and it's always going to yeah. happen. Um I don't know if it will happen. Um I hope to God it doesn't happen, <laughs> of course. But uh yeah, it's uh, a painf- a painful thought. I'm sure the Jets want to keep us. Well, they would because, it, you know, any sort of rivalry and a genuine derby is, mm. is good for the league. It's good for viewership. It's, it's um, good for ratings. It's people you know. through the door. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, we are essentially the original derby there. And, and you know, let's, let's get it straight. We're, we're not saying by any stretch of the imagination that the Mariners are going to be removed from the league. Um, we're just, yeah, we're just sort of on our soapbox a little bit at the moment. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, we know that you have to take off 
fairly imminently, so we'll uh, we'll dive into some of these Facebook questions and um, try and answer these as best we can. So we have uh, Ian Riley, Ian Radar Riley. He asks, when will the horror, the brutal slog towards the inevitable disappointment, be over? Will there ever be another <laughs> sunny day, or are we doomed to toll in the gloom until our license is snatched away like so much dust in the wind? Ian, you should get a songwriting contract, mate. That's that very was, poetic. That's beautiful. That's I love some that. Robert Frost style stuff, man. Yeah, it, was, it was relevant too after our last conversation. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't it? Just good on you, Ian. Top fan. Yeah. Soon, I hope. Number one fan he is, Ian. Where that? Where that yeah, top fan with? Yeah, that badge with pride. He is number one fan. That's so. Yeah, and you could tell too. He's put a lot of effort into. Oh the, yeah. Into the comment, it's it's beautiful. And we're not going to answer the other question about uh, the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> when will it end? When will the horror end? You know what? I, I used to say on this show that, you know, they wouldn't fold us. They wouldn't fold us because, you know, we make up the numbers. We're not really costing them anything. Mm. At the moment, it's kind of thinking, geez, well, how long can this go on for? And I'm thinking that we have another year and a half. Do we have another forever? Mm. I can't answer that question. Sorry. Well, I mean, we signed a 20-year license agreement not that long ago. Um, with the A-League and again whether that's still enforceable under the the new independent A-League um, or whatever you want to call them I, I'm i not 100% sure um, as to how that works look I've tried to be optimistic as long as possible <laughs> surely all it takes is someone to come along and say here's, here's X amount of dollars I'm taking this team to Canberra there's, there's plenty of there are plenty of spaces places not spaces plenty of places that would kill for it Oh yeah, um, I mean, I, I was surprised that Canberra didn't get in in the last round. Yeah, yeah, very money. Yeah, oh, that's it, isn't it? You know? um, yeah, West Melbourne was a mistake, if you ask me. But hey, there you go. <laughs> and Macarthur, I think Macarthur's a, a train wreck at the I moment. I think it's a decent shout. Oh yeah, it's falling apart. They've just lost their chairman again. Yeah, um, that's they what lost their CEO recently. So they're looking through a third chairman. <laughs> yeah, chairman. They're looking for another CEO, which is probably their third as well. And they've only Second got or third, yeah. one player. Yeah, <laughs> so Tommy Orr's the new yeah, chairman. Right? Tommy <laughs> That's how it works. He's also manager. Just straight in. No, uh, who's Cut, manager? Cutting the oranges. Um, is that, what's his um, name? Um, Milicic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ivan Jolic as his assistant. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, look, yes, Ian, there will be a, another sunny day. I don't know when, um, but... Um, when I see you, Ian, that's when the sunny day will come uh, back. We just need to get these Bitcoin people. Anyway. That's what we need. <laughs> if we can get the Bitcoin let's people. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Jeff Fletcher. What is it with all the hate on social media by so-called Central Coast Mariners fans? We're not that far off. Also, Daniel Garber's a flog. He can't have watched our game with his comments in the Fox Football Pod. Love your work, guys. Thanks, Jeff, Jeff Fletcher. Love your work too as well, mate. I um, love the contrast of Jeff's first <laughs> bit of that comment to the second bit. Why is there so much hate? Also, Daniel Garber's a flog. <laughs> I agree with the Daniel Garber's a flog. Um, I'd be, hate, a, fl- yeah, I'd be hate, a flog too if I got to go to the Premier League for that long and just live the life and then you're like... Come on. Oh, God, come is he snooty. Come on. He is so snooty. Well, I'm truly. Um, hate on social media. I wouldn't... Oh, there is a lot of vitriol. You yeah. Can, you can see it in the in the comments post-game and Look, stuff like that. That's when emotions are running high. It's frustration, but what it comes down to is the fact it's a social media platform and people feel they can... Say whatever they want. Yeah. Write whatever they want, yeah. Mm. The things that annoy me is when it's not anything to do with like a post that's nothing to do with a game, mm. right? For instance, like the, uh, the the pink jerseys were announced today and you look on there and every second comment is like, is all the money going to go to funding the squad? Like, get a better squad? And you're yeah. just like, hey, how about you 
How about you just shut up? And just, <laughs> yeah, or it could be about the just fire like brigade this. and then someone's like, Joey, with school or something like that. Like, <laughs> just stay out of it, seriously. Like, yeah, have a chat. Anyway. Like, when we post the post, like, you know, we went down to Sydney 3 0. You go, mm. oh, the squad, blah, blah, blah. Like, just have a rip then if you want, but not on unrelated stuff. That's, yeah. my, that's my gripe, guys. Alrighty, Zach Colebrook, a uh, good friend of the show. Will this club ever stop over-promising and under-delivering? For you, I mean, talk about hate on social media. Geez, Zach, come on, wind it back. Um, just kidding. For years, it's been promising improvement, development, a hotel, etc. Anton came on the last pod and said the club has a vision and a plan, yet they come out trying to sell a visa spot to directly advantage our opponents. Do we accept that the rut we sit in will remain so and that anything that comes from the board is just empty words? Empty words. Um, well, the last pod, yeah, we spoke to Anton. And talking to him, I'll be honest, I was a bit disappointed with the lack of information that came out and the fact that we're, there was no... I'm not off to specific details, but, you know, just some sort of roundabout detail of what they're doing. And we didn't get any of that, mm. um, which was very frustrating to me and obviously very frustrating to a lot of the listeners. So you can't exactly have empty words when there are no sort of words coming out. Um, it's a bit it felt frustrating. Like, it felt like we'd heard a lot of it before. You know, we, we did get some new information out of Anton, for example, you know, the new sporting director coming in, um, hopefully in the next few weeks. The fact that he's actually putting money directly into the, into the, into the squad. Um, but other than that, it, it felt a little bit generic. Yeah, it was. It was like every answer was copy paste, basically. So I think the empty words would come in where, say, if they're promising a marquee or if they're promising a hotel or something like that. If they're promising all this stuff and then doesn't happen, that's where I think the empty words come in. Mm. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's been one of those things where I remember even back in the day, like going to Mingara when Arnie was in charge, and you're talking, you know, you're hearing people talk, and it, it felt kind of empty words-ish then even personally um, but then we started getting the results on the field mm. and you know in terms of growing the club you start to forget about the growth of the club or you know p- players not being paid all that sort of stuff when the results are coming in but when the results aren't coming in on top of you know all the chatter about the club then yeah it's going to keep uh, it's going to keep growing can I, I'm going to ask this next one. Oh, yeah. I love this. I love this. <laughs> Lee Stanley, mate. I was at the Sydney game at halftime. Wife went to get me a pie. Came back with a pie-sausage roll combo, but no tomato sauce. That's criminal. I was told they didn't have any. A, is she just trying to shit me? Or B, is this typical poor stadium catering experiences once more? I was more let down by the pie-sausage roll than the team as <laughs> over it. <laughs> I <laughs> also thought they actually played well but suck at scoring. Yes, we agree with you. Um, mm. They played well but couldn't put it in the net. Um, I don't think she was just trying to shit you, surely. They might have run out of sauce at that exact stand, but that, I've been to other stands and they've had sauce. That would have been mm. just so cruel. So cruel if she was trying to shit you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked um, if they had run out of sauce. Worst comes to worst, barbecue. Like, it's not... Controversial. Oh, please, yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm here. But um, <laughs> it's you know, if if you need something, go go barbecue. If if you can't have a dry, oh, no, if you can't no, have a dry no, pie no, no. or a dry sausage roll, would you rather go a dry sausage roll? I'd rather barbecue? go dry than not have tomato sauce. <laughs> that is a, that's a hell of a sentence. That is. <laughs> I think the big, in personally, I think the biggest travesty 
um, in terms of catering at the Central Coast Stadium is the lack of um, the Milo Scoop Shake deals. Mm. Yes. But from back in the day. Mm. Billy's Pie, can of drink, or bottle of drink, sorry, can of, uh, bag of chips, Milo Scoop Shake, 10 bucks. Yeah, good. Yeah, How good? Bit of deal, yeah. That probably explains the weight, but either way. The nachos are gone, aren't they? Nachos are gone, are thankfully. They used to cause all sorts of issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... Um, Internally. Oh, yeah, well, truly. I like the uh, the, the, the young... Um, the tent... What did I say young for? That's weird. Anyway, the tent right up near the, the main stairs. There's a little sausage hut yeah, there. Oh, yeah, the steak sandwich is Not there too good. bad at all. Mm. But, That's um, where I go. They hit some good areas. <laughs> After you really get going, I just want to answer this one, though. Is following this club, and by extension listening to the pod, a legitimate excuse for alcoholism? Please, please say yes. Love you. Thanks, Grant Ashman, for the question. Um, yes. I wouldn't say alcoholism. Mm. I would say maybe having a quiet bevy listening or <laughs> yeah. at the game. Just something to take the edge off. Something that takes you from yelling abuse at the team to saying, well, that's Clisby. Here we are again. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Grant, but I like him. I like the... I like the, I like that he signed off with a bit of love. Uh, that's that's always nice to <laughs> you receive. You can tell he's a pod listener. Is it? Is is that what it that, is? That you is got, a you guys, that's a, a love, a lot of love here. Yeah, yes. we say love you too at the end of oh, the interviews. Beautiful. And stuff. Oh man, oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. Yes. But uh, yeah, look, you're maybe not full blown alcoholism as you said, but a couple of beers here and there, and uh, if you blow out, then. <laughs> Then that's that can be the Mariners' fault. It's a steep slope. <laughs> uh, I will answer. Sorry, just one more, and then I'm going to leave. Um, Andrew Kelso, serious question: Can you guys attempt to get Charlesworth on, or waste of time? Yes, we can get him on. Um, he has said to us that if we'd like to get him on, just contact him. So we will do that eventually. Uh, first of all, like I think I want to talk to Stadge again. Yep. Before, yeah, definitely. Um, we speak to Michael Charles. All right, I really need to go. Um, thank you for listening, guys. I'm going to leave the pod in the hands of Mitch and Pete. Which Goodbye. is very concerning. We're going to try and not burn the place down, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Love you too. Bye. All righty. John Simmons asks, do we need to dump all our forwards at the end of the season or is the problem further back? I, I don't think the problem is further back necessarily. No. Um, I think... There are definitely improvements that could be made in the striking department. Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's time to dump all the forwards. Definitely not. There's a lot of quality there, and there's a lot of potential. Um, but I think we need what's the word? Um, I think we need a name. Like you know what I mean? Like we need a we need someone that people. It's just, it's just the same thing I was saying before with with Urich, Um In the sense of the confidence thing, mm. it's you know if if you know. Sydney FC, if Sydney FC don't have LaFondra, there's still a lot of good players there. They're still going to play well, but they go to a next level when LaFondra's there, I think. Yep. If we could get someone of that mould, you know, even if we'd gone for someone like Simon Cox, who just signed for the Wanderers, um, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff would improve. Yeah, 100% agree. I think if we added someone, as you say, like a Simon Cox or an Ola Toivan and... Um, it gives so much more confidence to, to players like Muzz, mm. um, who you can see Muzz has improved out of sight this yep. season, over the last season and a half, but Big time. Um, just isn't regularly finding the back of the net. Um, if he has a you know a quality proven striker next to him, I think you know his, his game goes to an ex- an, another level mm. um, and he starts banging in 10 goals a season. Yeah, and I think even in his first few games, like Jair, I think him working with Muzz, I was quite pleasantly surprised. Um, it hasn't 
flourished. It hasn't turned out as well as I had wanted, <laughs> but I was quite, you know, I was quite surprised by the uh, the the two of them working well together. Mm. Um, and I guess my brain automatically went to, what if that was a, you know, a David Ball or mm. a Simon Cox or someone like that mm-hmm. that was up front with Muzz? Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be delightful. Thing is, strikers cost money. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, open the checkbook. <laughs> uh, Dave Bloom, given the recent recruitment from those people up the road, will this be the wake-up call that our recruitment team need? Um, well, we've seen during the week, obviously, that um, Bernie Abini and uh, Joe Ledley have just signed up the road with the Jets. Will it be a wake-up call? We have formed a new recruitment board consisting of Anton uh, Stadge, uh, I think Nahul, the, um, the assistant coach, is part of it. Um, I think Mike Charlesworth and, and Sean are also on board there. Um, with a sporting director coming in, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, hopefully that gives us a, a, a better chance and a better outlet to to identify um, some of you know some talent that we can bring in there. Mm. We're not going to see any movement before the end of this season. You know, we've got eight rounds to go, um, transfer windows closed, and there's not really anyone available, I think, that can that can add any sort of quality at this point in time. But next season, we have, what is it, something like 15, 16, 17 players coming off contract. So, yeah. obviously, we do need to make sure that we are recruiting smartly. That's it. And you've got MacArthur coming in as well with a bunch of open spots. And a bunch of money. Yeah. Big money yeah. behind him. And you see that Bernie... Bernie signed until the end of the year, right, for That's Jets? Right. Yeah, only till the end of the and year. And it's, I mean, the the obvious process there is possibly to MacArthur um, for next year onwards or whatever. Yep. Yeah, look, Joe, I think Joe Ledley is a great signing for the Jets. I hate to say it, I really do. Um, he's one of those players that in the Premier League, you know, I, was, I used to sign him on FIFA all the time because yeah. he was just so strong in the middle. Um, and yeah, you can't, honestly, you can't go wrong. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the you know there was the chatter a little bit about a little bit ago about Yedinak going to Macarthur, maybe the potential of the the Crystal Palace boys getting back together at Macarthur, Joe Ledley and and Yedinak. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's a good uh, shout. I don't want to uh, I don't want to put that on the world, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Look, I I think it does. There's a wake up call in some sense. I think the last few years have been a bit of a wake up call that I really thought they would have taken on board. Um, but like you said, there is a new sort of team put together or a new board with a new sporting director coming in. So hopefully there is a bit more change. Definitely uh, next year, I think we might see some a bit more movement, hopefully. Yeah, we're going to have to. As you say, we've got to, we've got to be a lot smarter with, um, with new teams coming in and um, yeah, a lot more money out there. So mm. we'll, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see in that, in that space, unfortunately. Boki Vukovic, will the Mariners keep Juric or let him go? Um, we mentioned earlier in the pod that uh, he is carrying a hernia injury and uh, I've been told that he's um, been carrying that for maybe four or five weeks now, which sort of explains his, his recent dip in form a little bit. Um, personally, I think, I hope if he can get that sorted and, and come back to the same player that he was in the early rounds of the season, mm. um, that we would hold on to him. Yeah, well and truly. I think that literally comes into the end of that last question as well that we were talking about in terms of being smarter um, with our recruitment. You've got someone that, yeah, he's had, he hasn't had the same kind of impact the last few weeks, but he's got a hernia. I, you know, who, who's going to have that impact? You know what I mean? Um, so he's he was a, a shining light at the start of the year. Oh, yeah. Really, really enjoyable to watch. And I think really made, I'd say even a lot of the 
the old school fans really start to love watching the Mariners again because you know they're, they're p- he's pinging goals from left, right, center, mm-hmm. um, and it's the kind of player that kids would want to watch. So to me, it's a no-brainer. But you know, there's underlying stuff that just comes back to that injury. That, yep. Yeah, and whether or not they, you know, there's some insane rumors of him being too old, but. <laughs> I don't know if that's that seems like absolute garbage to me. Yeah, so Antoine did um, touch on the on the too old thing um, last week, and and um, I'll, I'll throw back to that very quickly. He was sort of misquoted. Um, Anton Anton was asked um, why he didn't just give Juric a three year deal straight up, mm-hmm. um, and apparently his response was, you know, because he was you know thirty one now. Um, it is a bit of a risk giving any players over 30 years old well a, a long-term contract. So, look, I, I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Um, sign them on a year-by-year basis. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, could have could have given him two. But, yeah, let's see how the club manages his injury and, and see how um, how he bounces back and then go from there. That's it. Robbie McKenna. Um, will a fan protest this season do any good given past experiences? I'm not so sure. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I just think it'll... I think it'll just drive away... I think it, I think it'll split the fans. You mm. know what I mean? There's the fans that there's the fans that want to protest, and then there's the fans that that just want to go and still have fun and take the kids, take the family, whatever, go and watch the football. Then there's you know, then there's the football fans, you know, the the diehard kind of people that are more likely to protest. Um, I don't think I don't think we're at that stage yet. You know, we've we've been playing we've been playing good football. Mm. There's just some stuff missing. It's not, you know, it's not the club falling apart. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not Newcastle in the EPL or something where it's, you know, <laughs> literally it's every game seems to have gigantic protests. Mm. And it's like, it's just not needed. We're not, it's, we're not that, at that level yet, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, you know, the club ripping itself apart from the inside out. You know, Stadge is still got control of the squad, you know, as opposed to years gone by where certain coaches might have lost a dressing room by now, Stad mm-hmm. has kept things under control. Um, you know, the back room has kept things ticking over. It's just results that we need on the pitch. And That's it. Yeah. We um, we really need them. <laughs> we just need a win. That's It's uh, it's it's such a cliche. Mm-hmm. It's the same as, you know, for weeks and weeks people were talking about not being sure if Murray should be the one that leads the line. And it's like, let him get a goal. Like let him get an, a, a proper goal, not a not a pen or something. Let him get a proper goal, and you'll see some confidence come back. And you did. Like it's the same as if we get a win, we're going to see some confidence come back. Um, I may have just uh, totally misproved my point because I'm pretty sure we got a win a couple of weeks ago, and then went and played at Western United and played like absolute dog shit. But yeah, it was six weeks ago, seven weeks ago was our last win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, that's still my mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I keep I keep saying you know we just need a win to to kick start things and, and go on a go on a roll and you know bounce from there. But we um, we're really seeming to lack in any sort of consistency, which um, I think is in part some ways down to the fact that we keep changing shape every week. Yeah. You know, it seems like Stadge. Um, I love a coach with a plan B and a plan C, but it seems like we keep implementing plan b c d e f g mm. each week sort of thing and and not really giving the squad any sort of a chance to gel um and, and develop any sort of consistency yeah 100 i mean um, a few, like a few years ago that was what was lacking you know there was a lot of chat that ocon never had a plan b ocon never had a plan c whatever um and i'm it, it's it's a funny thing to be like i'm literally 
every time the uh, every time the team is announced on you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, I play a little game of trying to figure out what it is mm-hmm. where people are like you know and that shouldn't be what i'm doing do you know what i mean like yep. you should have like a and th- of course there is of course there is a, a base that he kind of structures everyone around every week and blah 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 but there does seem to be a lot of chop and changing um which certainly can't help fluidity i don't think yeah i think yeah i agree 100 percent spot on um, we'll touch on uh, a couple more questions. Um, Johnny Needham, big friend of the show. Hi, Johnny. Hope you're well, Johnny Shotgun. Righto, boys, I'm fired up this week. Here comes a rant. The last two weeks, we've been super competitive and lost it in the final 10. Do you think this is a sign that things are getting better, given morale must be so low after so many losses? And at this point, does it matter, given we're going to lose a lot of our key players again at the end of the season? What are your honest opinions on Anton's answers last episode? I kind of feel like it's just more empty words of, of course we're trying, when our striker problem seems to still be our biggest, and we see the scum sign Abini on loan. And further on that, what are your thoughts on the Mariners spending the salary floor as rumoured slash posted around socials? And can you explain for people who don't understand exactly what that means for the club moving forward? So, we'll... All right. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's bit a lot to digest. There. Yeah, it's a bit to unpack. <laughs> Well, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Last two weeks, we've been super competitive, agreed. Um, you know, we, we were hard done by against Adelaide and probably should have taken all three points. Um, just that clinicalness in front of goal um, and lost it in the final 10. So do, do you think this is a sign that things are getting better given how low morale could potentially be after so many losses? Look, I think there there's always a lot of... This is what I hate about supporting a team like this is that there's a lot of positives every week. Yeah, there's some negatives, don't get me wrong, but there's always a lot of positives and I always remember the positives in the sense of like, oh, the man is playing this weekend, sick. I'm going to push my life around to make sure I can get to it or watch it or whatever because I always think about those positives and I think there always is those positives. Um, yeah, if morale morale is low, but there's a lot of stuff that still, I guess, the fact that we did push FC to the final 10, mm. Great. Yeah, they were always going to try and bounce back hard after that loss to um, Ange's team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you said, like Miller probably could have handled the first goal a lot better. And the second, uh, not second goal, the um, the goal to us, like the disallowed goal, you know, flip of the coin. Someone else could have deemed it a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of positives there and it's a lot to a lot to hold on to, I think, still. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about the fact that we're going to lose a lot of our key players at the end of the season <laughs> anyway, but that does uh, that does suck. That is, uh, that, yeah, that hurts. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> Thanks for the, uh, for the stark reminder. There's our morale down now. Yeah. yeah that's how oh, it's gone. It's, it's always a roller coaster in the pod cave. <laughs> um, what are your honest opinions on Anton's answers in the last episode? So we did touch on that while Jimmy was still in the, uh, in the room here. Further on that, what are our thoughts on the Mariners spending the salary cap floor as rumoured and posted around socials? Um, so Anton did touch on that. Yes, we are spending the salary floor. Um, should we be spending more? Yes. <laughs> Without a shadow yeah. of a doubt, yes. Um, because you need to spend money to attract quality players to the team, especially when the team's underperforming. There's always a chance that you're going to have to spend over, over the odds to attract that sort of quality to the club. Um, so yes, we need to increase our spend on the squad. But you know that's that's not in our hands, unfortunately. No, it's very simple. It's very simple stuff. Mm. If you, especially if the club is underperforming, mm. and you then you need to bring in people. Like 
if if there is a chance to get more money to bring in a better quality of player, then you need to assess it. Now, I'll touch on that as well, though, because last year I know that we were spending a fair bit more than the salary cap floor. We were actually spending more than clubs like Wellington. Yep. Um, Wellington, I think, had the lowest budget in the league in terms of, in terms of their um, spend on the squad. So it's about recruiting smart as well. Um, we can't just go out and throw money at players like a Ross McCormack. Of course. Yeah. Um, who you know never delivered for the club. That's it. Um, so, yeah, like I said, going back to the sporting director, hopefully there's someone with um, with a good bit of nous in the transfer market mm. um, who can really guide us through, you know, what what can be a tricky market in this in this salary caps league. Yeah, well, surely I think those days are definitely gone for us. Like we're not we're not going to be throwing big dollars at a Ross McCormick or the you know I hate to use that example, but. The fact that we have even signed players like you know Tommy Orr and stuff like that is a positive, but then we haven't been able to keep them. Um, I I, don't, I can't believe I'm bringing him up again, but <laughs> someone someone that would have been perfect is a Simon Cox, mm. because I doubt he's breaking the bank at Wanderers, mm, mm. and he's already delivering. Oh like, yeah, and yes, there's plenty of quality around him, but we have quality too. Mm. We just don't have confidence we don't have the finishing we don't have a good run like if we if you can knock a couple of you know chuck a couple of w's in there if you have someone like simon cox up front or david ball or whoever someone that has been proven at a in a lower league sort of england or scotland or wherever i think you would see a lot better results what could have been if we had have picked up Adam LaFondra when uh, we were reportedly in the market for oh him when Lord. he first came over? My Lord. Uh. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, I like, yeah, I remember reading that and being like, that would be amazing. And then goes to FC and is, well, we know how things are going. <laughs> Somewhat well. Yeah. Somewhat well. Um, finally, Chris Hockman. How good is the pink kit, though? Well, let's finish on a positive. I love yeah, it. I like it. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah. I love it. It is uh, it is always a positive every year. Mm. I think it's always fun. Um, I love to see, you know, what what design they've come out with. It's, it's, always, quite, uh, it's always quite a nice design. You know, I always contemplate the, the purchase mm. of it. I'll be buying uh, this year. Definitely. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, they've gone away from obviously the the all pink with sort of shades of blue or yellow on it, and gone with the um, for those who haven't seen it just yet, um, more of a black design with a couple of pink stripes. Mm. Um, and I am a huge fan, yeah. huge fan. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm uh, yeah, I don't mind a, a little bit of it. It's it's very very good. I'll just have to hope they sell them in my size. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure <laughs> they will, mate. <laughs> We'll wrap up the rest of the round. On Friday, we had a doubleheader. Uh, we saw Wellington get the Bickies over Western United 2-0. Um, goals to Libby Kikache and David Ball, uh, one of your favourite players. Yeah, apparently so. Um, I, I didn't know I liked David Ball and Simon Cox so much, but uh, apparently I do. And, yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving watching the Phoenix. They are yeah. playing a very good brand of football at the moment. And, uh, yeah, always like to fuck Tali. Um, it's a, is that? I don't even know how to say it. It was yeah, not even yeah, close. No, that's good. Yep. Yeah, it was yep, all right. That's good. Yeah. Yep. No, sorry to swear. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved him. I, like, I mean, obviously you hate 
FC back in the day, but mm. when he went and played at Fury, mm. I loved watching him. Yeah, um, he was so good. But um, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's brought a real good brand to uh, to it, and I think Phoenix needed it after losing um, Mike Rudin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, yeah, good. I'm, I'm loving watching it. I um, I'll admit I was one of the first to write the Phoenix off this year as uh, as wooden spoon contenders, but mm. boy, they've proved me wrong. Twenty one shots. Um, nine on target on uh, in their game on Friday uh, against Western United, who only managed five shots the entire game. Wow! Um, so yeah, very very dominant performance by the Knicks. Um, the other game on Friday, what an absolute belter! Western Sydney against Adelaide. Western Sydney running out five two winners um, with I think six goals in the first 40 minutes of that game. Crazy. Oh, absolutely mental. I went away for about 20 minutes mm. um, and came back, and it was like four two, and I was like. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't stop watching. Um, it was it was so great. Like, um, Juki took a bit of a knock early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know if that spurred him on supernaturally or something, but um, <laughs> that, that finish for his first goal and then the run for his header for the second goal was just... What a ball in too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff from the Wanderers. Um, and yeah, look, in all honesty, some really nice stuff from Adelaide as well. Just not uh, couldn't get the uh, couldn't get it that day. Western Sydney seemed to be under somewhat of a resurgence under JP D. Marini now uh, undefeated in their last three with him in charge. Also, uh, I don't want to I don't want to bring him up again, but does collaborate <laughs> with uh, Simon Cox joining the team. But all good. It does. He uh, scored the fifth to round out that five two victory. Also, another beautiful finish. It was. Oh, it was very cheeky. Dink. Very oh, cheeky. I it was loved very, it. It's very cheeky. We've seen a lot of cheeky football recently. That's the one that was set up by uh, Lopar, the keeper, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Was it? Yeah, I think it came straight through. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How good. What a finish, though. Regardless. Yeah. Anyway. Sneaky. Rest of the round, uh, Brisbane took on Perth on Saturday. If you didn't watch it, don't bother. Um, it's uh, Unless you have insomnia, in which case it's probably going to be a pretty good cure for that. <laughs> um, we won't touch on that one too much. And um, the other game, which was actually quite an entertaining one to watch, was Newcastle against Melbourne Victory. Uh, one all draw in that one there up at Newcastle. Um, Roy O'Donovan scoring, opening the scoring for Newcastle before Olatoyven and with a very well-taken goal to equalise just after half-time. Puts them two points ahead of us on the table. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's starting to open up. Yeah, And it's, you know, I think the Jets are only going to get stronger. Um, you know, they've made a couple of signings as we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a lot of players there that are that are proven goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Petrados, Adonovan, mm-hmm. you chuck a beanie in there as well. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, not good for, for us not getting the uh, the wooden spoon again. Yeah, yeah. A pretty dominant performance by the Jets in that one. It was actually quite an exciting game from um, from both sides. So, look, they, <laughs> they're both sort of our, our two real rivals, I guess, in terms of league position at the moment. Um, you know, we're, we're chasing, but... So what a victory, a victory ninth? Yeah, they're directly above the Jets. Wow. Um, scary times. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, scary times to be a victory fan. To be to be ninth at this stage of the season is quite un, unheard of for them. But, um, you know, it's, what a sad state of affairs that I'm talking about the victory at ninth. <laughs> Just because I'm so used to the Mariners being 10th or 11th or whatever. I would, I would 
be giving a lot for ninth right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Well and truly. Well and truly. We're only four points behind ninth. Um, victory in ninth are, are still nine points outside of the top six. What a sentence. Uh, yeah, it's not something I thought I'd be saying this season. Um, but, yeah, Marco Kurtz, obviously, with a very, very poor start there. And it's yet to be seen whether they can turn it around. That's it. That's it. Other A-League things, uh, so we did touch on Newcastle signing, or their two new signings rather, they've signed Bernie Abini and Joe Ledley, so Bernie Abini obviously a former Central Coast Mariners Academy product um, who came through and uh, did quite well here, made a uh, couple of moves around overseas, unfortunately broke his leg when he got his big move to Club Bruges. Um, spent a bit of time at Vancouver Whitecaps and has reunited with his coach from Vancouver at the Jets now. Um I'm not sure if we were actually in for him because he did have a move teed up to uh, an Iranian club, uh, which mm. fell through because he failed his medical. Oh wow! Apparently, a uh, pretty severe Achilles injury, which is which has plagued him for a while now. Wow. Um, he's come out in the press and said that he's fit and firing and ready to go, but it might have been the reason why. Um, well, if 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 it turns out that we didn't actually make make a play for him, then that might be the reason why. But again, as yeah. I said, not sure whether or not we were in in the first place. That's it. I mean, personally, when I first saw it, I was a bit you know a bit cut by it as you would be as a, as a Mariners fan um it's yeah it's it's done I didn't I actually didn't put the connection I didn't put the Vancouver Whitecaps coach connection until you just said then that makes perfect sense mm. um and it's only signing till the end of the year the I'd be intrigued to see the extent of the Achilles injury or, or whatever is happening um I probably would have if I'm at the Mariners I probably would have just taken a shot on him for the rest of the year mm-hmm um, but you know you can't beat if he if he truly enjoyed playing under um, if his name is Craig uh, Carl Carl Carl, Robinson? Carl sorry yes not Craig um, if he truly enjoyed playing under him at at the Whitecaps mm. why wouldn't you reunite in your home country that was an interesting thing from the Newcastle game on um, Saturday as well was the um, Newcastle coach being mic'd up. Gave us an interesting insight into um, you know, how he motivates some of his players, how he speaks to them, how um, you know he sort of changes tactics on the fly and things like that. So quite enjoyed that, and hopefully that's a, an initiative that Fox will t- continue to pursue. Yeah. Um, and their other signing, um, as you, you touched on earlier, uh, Joe Ledley, um, who's been a consistent performer in um, in the UK. Um, played at Crystal Palace, played at Cardiff. Um, Part of the Welsh national team for quite a while. Yeah, I still don't think he's retired internationally as well, so wow. <laughs> he might be wow. hoping for a call-up. Um, was most recently at Charlton, I think, on a short-term deal, um, and I think he's just signed till the end of the season as well. Yeah, wow. Part of that, uh, the Beard Brothers at, uh, <laughs> at Crystal Palace. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it is such a... You know, if he's, if he's fit and he is, he's, you know, it's not just a holiday. Mm. It's he could do some damage. Huge pickup. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, normally I'd wish uh, I'd wish you know former Mariners players like Bernie well, but uh, I don't have it in me to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sydney um, in the ACL last week, absolutely annihilated by Angers Marinos in the ACL. We were obviously hoping to replicate that with our Mariners um, during the week, but it wasn't to be. What a game! Did you get yeah, a chance to watch that? I, did, I caught the first half. Oh, um, mate. Bit of a dismantling, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hangover seemed to... I, I saw Marinos went down in the first round of the J-League. yeah. So whether or not they uh, they used all their petrol, 
against <laughs> FC. It certainly seems like they did. They were well and truly all over them. The entire above. game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, it really didn't. It really didn't help that I think. I think it's it's a bit of a what's the commentator's curse sort of thing where it's like Bozza came out like the day before or the, before the game and was saying you know Sydney are gonna Sydney are gonna put us back on the put A League back on the map here. <laughs> yep. And it's like oh Bozza, why'd you do that? What mate? have you done? What have you done? That's an absolute. <laughs> you've put the crosshairs on us well and truly, and then yeah, it uh, certainly it uh, it didn't turn out that well. Andrew, but it's yeah. it's hard to care though because I like Ange though. Yeah. Yep, so it's yep. like keep him you know keep winning Ange I love you yeah oh mate obviously he's, he's come into that game with maybe a bit of a point to prove somewhat um, I'll be keeping an eye on Yokohama's results throughout the rest of the season um, their games will be on uh, Optus Sport this year so oh. um, looking forward to keeping yeah, one eye on, on them as the J-League progresses while he's still there too to yeah. be honest I think, well, I, think, that's, I, think that's moves, I think a move is, is not far away yeah I think he'll stick out the season yeah, um, yeah. I think I think he's come out and said that, that he'll stick out the season Definitely. as well um, but uh, it'd be great to see him get a gig in, in Europe yep. in, in one of the bigger 100%. leagues some people have come out and said that what might stick against him is the fact that he is Australian yeah um, because Australian coaches you know typically I guess aren't really looked at yeah right um, but you know I, I think he's um, he's got the he's got the quality he's got the talent and the potential to, to go overseas and do really well I wonder if there's a um, I wonder if there's anything Brexit related that would hold that back now Mm. Do you know what I mean? Of, of uh, I don't know. I, that's just a thought I had just then, as mm. you were saying it. But um, yeah, I'd be very, I'd be very keen to see. Like, I would love to see him in a championship at the championship, or even you know, French league or um, Belgium or something. You know, like it'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great to see him in Belgium or the Netherlands or yeah. something like that. Yeah, hundred percent, fantastic. 100%. Um, Something I've heard during the week, Fox Sports to trial broadcasting conversations with the referees or between the referees and the VAR. Um, I touched on this several weeks ago in the podcast and um, look, I, I would I would like to see it. Do you think it's a good thing or, or yeah, potentially? Yeah, I like it. It's, I mean, it's kind of what they do with the bunker, with the NRL. Yep. Um, it's kind of what they do. I'm pretty sure they do it with the, um, I can't remember if it's called the bunker as well, but with the NFL. Um, oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Um, obviously, if it's let's make sure it's relevant conversation. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to hear what. I don't know. I don't want to hear what Chris Beath's doing on the weekend. Um, but you know, yeah, I think it'd be good to get some clarification um, because, especially for people at the game, when you're at home, you do obviously when you're watching the game at home, you get a lot more from the commentators. You figure out what's happened, blah blah blah. But when you're at the game, nine times out of ten, when a decision is made. I'll turn to my mate and be like, but what happened? Like, why? At least if, you know, we have that conversation between the referees and the VAR being broadcast, uh, whether it's through the stadium or on Fox or whatever, um, you're going to get some clarification. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's Like, I'm sure people were very concerned as to, not concerned, but like had no clue what happened with the Stenson's goal on the week. Like people in the audience, uh, in the well, in the crowd. Yeah, no, that's like, right. Apart from the offside flag, mm, mm. be going like, there'd be people going like, but Stensness wasn't offside. Like, mm. what, what's happening? What's mm. it? So, you know. We saw some of the conversations between, I can't remember which referee it was, one of the guys that went over to the UK. Um, Jared Gillette, I think. Gillette, yeah, yep, yep. Um, and, uh, and his assistants and, and the VAR at the time as well. They were broadcast during a game, uh, well, actually it was after the fact, 
um, last season mm. um, in his last game in the A League, and I personally really enjoyed getting that insight as to how the um, how the officials communicate. So um, bring it on, absolutely do it. Yep, hundred percent. Let's uh, have a look at the upcoming round, round 21 of the A-League. Friday night sees uh, the delayed Sydney derby take place at Jubilee Stadium. Sydney FC taking on the Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, your tip for this one? Uh, oh, it's, a, it's a tight one. Um, I think Barm your hands back. Yep. Um, he'll have a point to prove against Wanderers. Of course. And uh, I think Retray, Retray's out with the suspension. Mm. Um, so there'll be you know there'll be a little bit of rejigging for FC, um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be close. Wanderers got the got the cheese at the start of the year, didn't they? They got one nil at Bankwest. Yep, earlier yep. in the year they sure did. Um, so yeah, look, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen here. Um, I'm sure Cox will have a great game. Um, <laughs> Your boy, as he does. Um, I don't actually know. Like I didn't know who Simon Cox was a week and a half ago. Um, so I don't know why. I don't know why I've suddenly got this obsession, but. Either way. Um, no, I Your think obsession with Cox? Yeah. Oh, please. Hello. But I think Wanderers, but um, tight. Wanderers, but tight. I'm yeah. going Sydney, but yeah. tight. Uh, probably 2-1. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saturday sees Newcastle against Perth at Hunter Stadium. Mm. It's got to be Perth. I think Perth have got too much for them. I, yeah, I think they do as well. I think it depends on who plays. Um, if Bernie and Ledley are in there, my opinion probably changes be a risk but rushing I don't think. rushing them into the side. Bernie obviously underdone with no match fitness, having not played in quite a substantial amount of time. Yeah. Ledley, I'm not sure when the last time he played. Exactly. Was. And I think uh did they lose they've lost Rydenton as well. He's left. Left the Jets. Oh, I might have missed that memo. Yeah. Okay. I saw that earlier today. Mm. Um so he's that's another bit of another decent player gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's uh yeah, Perth too strong, I think. Perth, yep, just got that little bit too much. Um, the primetime game on Saturday night is Melbourne Victory against Adelaide. This should be an interesting one. Uh, Melbourne Victory oh, didn't play so well against Newcastle um, on the weekend, and I think Adelaide are still playing some decent football for the most part, yeah. in spite of getting spanked absolutely comprehensively by Western Sydney last week. They're just um, they're the definition of inconsistency, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they really are. Um, they were not far off the... Like, if the results went their way against the Wanderers, I'm pretty sure they were top two. Mm, um, mm. Or already possibly maybe top two. I'm not sure. But uh, no, no. City's up there, right? Yeah, Adelaide's uh, three points behind second. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. It's, it's amazing how they can lose half their games and still only be three yeah. points off second place. And well and truly lose, you know, lost that last one. But in saying that, like I said it before, it's like they they played good football. You know, mm-hmm. they they were just really you know they switched off a couple of times. They were unlucky, mm-hmm. but they also had. I mean, they were in saying that they were very lucky to get that penalty. Yeah. Um, at the start, I don't necessarily think it was a penalty, <laughs> but you know, uh, I'm going to say Adelaide. I think if if yeah, I think they're going to bounce back. I think Adelaide um, by the odd goal in this one. Sunday games, we have, of course, uh, Melbourne City taking on Brisbane Raw is the late game at 6.30pm. This, uh, this will be an interesting one because mm. Brisbane just have that propensity to be able to, to grind out results um, yeah. playing that sort of Robbie Fowler style of football, that lower league UK style of football. Their, their last meeting was a hell of a game too. That was the, um, the, one, the one where I'm pretty sure v, uh, City went up 3-0. 
and then Raw ended up winning 4-3. Oh, yeah. Maybe okay. like four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Yep, yep. That was, yeah, that was a that was a hell of a game. Um, I think it was a... I think it was I think maybe maybe two all, actually, that game. Two I think. all, and then... Yeah. yeah. There, um, was a, there was a hell of a game. Uh, obviously, a Delbridge red card in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, seems to be the law yeah. these days. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think City will get the. I think City will get the win here. Just too strong. Yeah, I am gonna. I'm gonna sit on the fence. I'm gonna say a draw in this one. Oh, um, just because I think Brisbane might be able to grind um, grind City down. Mm. And of course, uh, the Mariners travel down to Geelong GMHBA Stadium to take on Mark Rudan's Western United. Uh, Mark Rudan still searching for his missing USB stick. Yep, who knows where it is? Um, I think he left it at a Macca's. Yeah, um, heard but that. <laughs> Western United struggling for a bit of form at the moment. So look, oh, I keep saying this, but this is such a huge chance for us to get a result this weekend. Yeah. We've already got a result down there once. No, not down there. Uh, at home against them. Sorry. Yep. We've already got a result against them once. Mm-hmm. Um, we can certainly do it again. They were playing much better football then too. That's right, yeah. And they had a lot... I don't know. They, they've had a lot of chop and changing. They've lost a lot of people. They've brought some people in. Um, and I think... Not to say the wheels are coming off down there, but I don't think people... Ex- I thought people... I think people expected it to be a lot better than what's been happening. Mm. Um, so possibly, you know, there might be a bit of... Uh, um, interrogation with, with Rudan as to what's going on down there. We have heard whispers that there is a, a bit of a rift somewhat in the dressing room there with Rudan potentially having lost the dressing room. So, yet to be seen. Um, Diamante apparently has come out and said that he's not happy. So, yeah. Ooh, that's that's a big one to lose. I'd love a Diamante in our oh, side. Yeah, it, yeah that's, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly the person that you see, even though Western United haven't been necessarily, you know, absolutely smashing it, mm. See the people around him. You look at people like Arpia, Connor Payne, mm-hmm. all those sorts of players where they're, you know, you'd love to have them at your team, whatever. But when they play around a Diamante or a Kone, you go, wow. like New levels. N- next level. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, your tip for this one? Draw. Draw? Draw. Heart, obviously Mariners, yep. but draw. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm on the fence. Let's go and draw in my multi. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see us pinch it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The heart, obviously the heart the heart and the head, they're very different. Yeah. But yeah, the heart would love a win, would love us, would love uh, the Jets to get pumped by Perth yeah. <laughs> so we can go one point ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a draw. I'll take a draw at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, finally, just on to the uh, Coast Football Ramble podcast tipping competition situation normal at the top of the table there with Kyle Morrow and SGM at the top on 56 and 55 points respectively the Wizard of Woi Woi rounding out the top three uh, with 54 points all three of those only scoring two points this round Um, welcome to my world uh, it really does hurt her, um, coming in at fourth um, with 54 points as well. Aaron Mariner, our very own Aaron from the podcast, who uh, couldn't be here today, unfortunately, on 51 in fifth place. Um, how much is Charles worth? Just a quick shout out because I love that name so much. Isn't it? What I um, found out who that was um, at the leagues club during the week. So, oh, wow. yeah, no, so. I wonder how much he is worth. Um, yeah, fair bit. Yeah, well, if, if well, he's worth that much, you can put some. Yeah, yeah. a couple of <laughs> somebody change, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, weekly reminder to get your tips in ahead of the round this week. All right, that's um, that's pretty much going to do us, I think. Beautiful. I think um, yeah, it's been 
It's been it's been an interesting one. It's been sometimes sad, sometimes. So there's a lot of a lot of emotions. Oh. Ninety minutes, ninety emotions. Like a, um, yeah, well, what a callback. How good's that? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been good, mate. Thanks for having me on. I uh, I love the uh, love the team, Absolute love the boys, yeah. and uh, love uh, love chatting uh, smack as much as it uh, as <laughs> as much as it hurts me to talk about the Mariners at the moment. It's uh, it's good fun. That's a good debut. Good debut from you up top in attack today, mate. No, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Good finishing. Good finishing. Loves. Simon Cox, apparently. <laughs> didn't even, uh, honestly, didn't know him a week ago. Can't get enough of the book. You come on the podcast, you learn things, you learn things. It's a journey of self-discovery on the, on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. That's it, man. That's it. And I, I appreciate you taking me on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to have you here, Mitch. Thanks again, mate. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, see you next week. Love you. See you. Bye.